Welcome to Game of Books with Kathy in South Dakota. That's me. And Christy in South Florida. That's me. We're two newbie writers sharing our take on wine, food, and mystery books. And the authors who write them. Join us for the fun. Welcome, everybody, to our Killer Season 2 Thanksgiving episode. Oh my gosh, this is going to be so much fun, Kathy. I know. I love Thanksgiving. It's my probably my favorite holiday. Yes. And so instead of a book, I know, because it's all food, right? <laughs> um, instead of a book, we're going to talk about Thanksgiving food and wine ideas and give you some fun conversation ideas that will hopefully inspire great conversation and maybe avoid some sensitive topics. <laughs> yes, yes. I know in my case anyway, I've experienced a few arguments over the years. And so I eventually adopted a rule at my table that politics and religion were off limits. Mm. I, I agree. I mean, that's obviously a good idea. Um, and, you know, really Thanksgiving should be um, a welcoming place where we come together, especially now. Um, where we come together and especially embrace those who have different views from us. So we're going to talk about some great conversation starters today. I agree. Um, and we have we do have some fun questions like the ones in our carafe or message in the bottle questions that we ask on Quirks and Conversations. Yes. We should probably explain. In our Quirks and Conversations, we used to... Um, say we had a carafe question, like a wine carafe, but somehow that got lost in translation sometimes. So we've just recently changed it to question in a bottle. Yes. <laughs> yes. We like that. You know, when you get to the bottom of the great. bottle of wine yeah. and all those questions start popping out, like they are going to be at Thanksgiving. Well, <laughs> for sure. The wine will definitely be pouring. So, okay. Before we get to the questions, though, obviously we always want to talk about the food and the wine especially in Thanksgiving. So let's talk about the wine. Hey, Kathy. Hey, Christy. So um, we did the rest of the other part of the podcast a couple days ago, but I just called Kathy um, so we could do the wine part when we're at home. Yes. Plus the wine just came in today because what we're doing is the Georges de Buff Beaujolais Nouveau. Were you able to get it? I did not. Oh. I was not able to get a 2000, but they had a 2018 bottle. So I got that. That's so <laughs> funny. Well, it is a big deal because it, it comes, today's the first day it comes out. So in stores all around, I mean, that was, that's the whole idea of this wine. It's um, supposed to be drunk early and they make a big deal about it coming out the third Thursday in November every year and it is actually the third thursday in november isn't it right now yes and you got today. It today when i came out yes yeah and so so great. they would just um they would have this you know um kind of a race to get it to paris and they would say the beaujolais has arrived and so now it's a big deal. They have like a big festival in the region in France, you know, for everybody to get the first Beaujolais Nouveau, the newest one. And you're supposed to drink it pretty quick, too. Oh. Well, I think that would be almost a reason to go to France just to be there on that day, that third Thursday. I know. I know. <laughs> Wouldn't it be fun? But you know what I found? They all they also have an event tomorrow no saturday 
in Washington, D.C. at the French Embassy. They have a big event that people can go to, like anybody could go to. I mean, you have to buy your way in, but I mean, it's like, you know, not outrageous. And um, depending on the level you get, um, but it's a big celebration. It's put on by like the French American Chamber of Commerce. And um, so if we can't make it to France, then we can always go to the French Embassy in D.C. <laughs> so are you drinking the 2018? I am. And I've had this bottle a couple times this year, and it's very nice. Yeah, it's it's very light. I mean, at least yeah. the 2019, of course, what they say is really a year max. So you're hitting the end of the life of the 2018. So if you have any more in the house, go ahead and drink those up in the next month or two. <laughs> they say it's... Much Ballyhooed Cherry Red Colored Vintage that's best served chilled is clearly not for wine snobs. <laughs> Which, because of the chilling, you mean? Well, I think, and also because it's just a new wine. It's not like an aged wine, you know? So it's just, oh, okay. it's fresh and fruity, and it's a result of quick fermentation process that ends up with a tasty, clean wine that is enjoyed by palates the world over. And so it started about a century ago as a cheap and cheerful drink to um, celebrate the end of the harvest season. Oh. Yeah. And its easy drinkability is due to a winemaking process called carbonic maceration. Oh, my. Also known as whole berry fermentation. So we're smushing all the berries at once? Is that what's happening? Or I what? guess. It says this technique preserves the fresh, fruity quality of the grapes without extracting bitter tannins from the grape skins. Hmm. So I guess that's why you have to do it quickly because it's ju- juicy and fruity, but then over time the skins become bitter. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know, but I think it's good. It's very nice. I mean, it is very light and fruity, as you say, and I can... I mean, I can see it on Thanksgiving table, can't you? Yes. And that's, you know, that's often what it, it has been in my house, too, because I knew, you know, it came out around this time mm-hmm. and it goes with just about everything. And they also run a competition. Now, you're not looking at the same label, but I will put a picture of this label on our blog post. But this year's winner yeah. for the label art um, is somebody named Laura Runge from Dallas, Texas. Oh, cool. I know. And the first runner-up is from Chicago, Illinois, uh, Kathleen Wrights. Or Reitz. Oh, neat. But it has a good description on the website, you know, about them as artists. And it is really beautiful. So it's kind of a fun thing all the way around. This is a fun it wine. Is a, and a fun wine has its place, doesn't it? Instead of everything being so serious. <laughs> yep. Yep. So great wine for the Thanksgiving table with Kathy's make-ahead dishes coming up. There you go. And if you're bringing something to the Thanksgiving table at someone else's house, it'd be a great bottle of wine to bring. Yes, I agree. Okay, Kathy, I know you have a big group of people coming for Thanksgiving. I think you probably do every year. So why don't you tell our mysterious foodies out there your food ideas? Well, listen, I could go on and on (laughs) all the time about the food at Thanksgiving. 
especially the sides. The sides are my favorite. But we already discussed some pieces of this on Episode 7 with Chris and Wesley from How to Feed a Loon. If you're interested in oh, yeah. Yeah, a great pecan pie and a pie crust recipe, you got to check out that episode and check out How to Feed a Loon's uh, website. But today, I thought we could talk about dishes that we're going to make ahead. Cool. Like you said, I've got a pretty big group, um, again, <laughs> which I love. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm really, really going to work on reducing the stress of the day. Because I just, I want to enjoy all these people. I agree. Yeah, you know, it's a lot. It's it's just a lot of things to do and things kind of come together right at the same time. And so Make Ahead is going to be my theme this year. Oh, good. What do you think? I think that's a great idea. Yeah. And actually, I might have more than I thought coming. You know, it always happens. So perfect because now I have enough time yeah. to make ahead some stuff Yeah, in my small little kitchen. I know. My kitchen is kind of tiny. So, you know, making ahead is great. Yeah, I don't have a big kitchen either. And so when you add extra people, all who want to help, which is great. I have a lot of mm-hmm. cooks that are coming, which is wonderful. Oh, good. Um, yeah, it's great. Um, but I do think it really helps to make some stuff ahead. And so, yeah. um, as you know, I like to be... <laughs> I like to be a little organized. Right. So <laughs> you probably I have break, a spreadsheet I, already, don't you? <laughs> I do. I do. I break it down to a spreadsheet and then I transfer on the whiteboard. So on Thanksgiving, if anybody wants to know where we're at, who wants to help, they can go look at the whiteboard. Perfect. <laughs> Is that dorky? No, no. I love <laughs> I it. Promise I promise it's fun. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think it's... It sounds like it might not be fun. I mean, I I scratch out little lists, but I think it's better yeah. if you had it up because then there's, you know, no question. Well, and that way people want to help. They can, I can just go, oh, look and see what's next. So that's great. So, okay. Yeah. So last year I did try a few of these things. You know, I, I always try new things. I'm sure you do too. And then you kind of mm-hmm. keep some of the old, right? Um, right? One thing I did last year that helped me greatly was a make-ahead gravy base. Oh, okay. I'm not a huge gravy eater. I'm a recent gravy eater, I guess, let's say. And so it's <laughs> like literally impossible to make gravy if you don't know how to eat it well, right? I mean, well, plus it, it's hard to make it that day. I mean, I've done it over the years, you know, where you make mm-hmm. it um like after you get the turkey out and then you're on the stove and you're trying to make from the drippings and I got to yeah. tell you, making it ahead oh saves so much time it does and that's right when everything's coming together everybody who's maybe brought a dish to share wants space in the oven and there's that kind of 20 minute period where it's just like ah so i know i started making this base for the gravy and it's called make ahead white wine gravy and i found the recipe at half baked harvest dot com which is a great food blogger and um this woman has beautiful photography and wonderful recipes. Mm -hmm. I'll put the link on our podcast site, of course. But yeah, it's a great um, make-ahead menu. So that's my first tip is to make ahead the gravy. Yeah, well, I just want to know how you do it because like I did it one time where like I went and bought turkey legs, I think, and made a stock with it ahead of time and made just like made the gravy that way or they, you know, first you roasted it. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's interesting. That's quite involved. I mean, I'm thinking maybe there might be an easier way. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, it's that's this is interesting because I have found a similar recipe with my very, very favorite um, chef of all time, Ina Garten. I, all mm-hmm. things Ina. I'll do anything Ina says. And her <laughs> make-ahead gravy is about the same concept as this, where you're you're basically cooking down some shallots and some sage with broth 
and um so do you do you buy like chicken broth then so i'm i that would eliminate the step of you know making your own yes i'm buying the broth are you kidding me i am not making the broth i mean of all the things no (laughs) you made the broth well guess what i have i have some broth in my refrigerator because i had made a chicken and i was like okay i'm gonna make some soup and then today when i started thinking about this i'm like Heck no, I'm going to make ahead the gravy and then use it. Yeah, no, Christy, I've done that once, and I'm not doing that. Uh-huh. <laughs> because for one thing, <laughs> I am fairly certain <laughs> that if I buy a really nice, you know, a really good broth, it's probably going to taste better than what I'm going to make anyway. So Yeah, that's true. I mean, for my, you know... <laughs> Well, not, not, you know, not that you don't make a good broth, yeah, but, no. you know, I know what you But mean. this one does use kind of the last minute um, pan dripping. So it is kind of a combination. So you're making your base first and you put that in the fridge. And then mm-hmm. at the last minute you deglaze with white wine and you add your base. I just hit my microphone. Um, and it really I, you is You know, good. I'm going to use this. Yeah. I'm going to use it. It really is Because I actually did keep the drippings too from this chicken because i like to do that and then get the fat off of it and use it in my soup but now i'm going to use it in my gravy yeah and you know i i really i got kind of stressed i got gravy stressed a few years ago because when i started (laughs) hosting my dad is really really well known for good gravy and you know so i i got kind of gravy stressed i know and i don't eat gravy i do now i do now but um at the time i didn't and so (laughs) anyway so make the gravy base ahead what made you change from a non-gravy eater to a gravy When eater? I started having to make it. <laughs> <laughs> then you're like, all right, this isn't so bad. I'm, I don't know why. The way I want it. Yeah, I don't it. know so. why. I never had. But anyway, so that's always a must. Funny. And obviously, okay. potatoes. Make ahead potatoes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Do you do that? Like mashed potatoes? Yes. I have before that. And how do you heat it up then? Do you do it in the microwave or in the no, oven? No, I do it in the oven. And, and you ha- you need to add mm-hmm. a little, I, I find that you need to add a little more moisture, you know, when you're going to re, okay. when you're going to rewarm it. And so um, mm-hmm. I just, whether it's some warmed butter or some even warmed half and half with butter mixture, I think I always have that kind of mm-hmm. going so I can add that if it gets a little too dried out. Um, but both okay. of my recipes, I have two, but they both from, come from mm-hmm. the great Ina Garten, who is my favorite. Well, yeah. you better put the links because I'm going to use them. I will. Yeah. <laughs> so those are, but that's just the easiest thing ever. And I think mm-hmm. they're pretty forgiving. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. I know. So the one thing I'm trying new this year that is going to be a make ahead, what's well, going to be a chop ahead, mm-hmm. unless someone in my group suggests bringing a sweet potato or a green vegetable, I decided to combine them. And I had seen um, this weekend, I was watching the, the Food Network and I saw uh, Reed Drummond, mm-hmm. you know, the, um, what's her, the Pioneer mm-hmm. woman, is that her name? Yeah. She yeah, was making, yeah, yeah. yeah pioneer it, I think so. Cook. <laughs> she was making um, like roasted vegetables, and she was making roasted sweet potatoes and roasted Brussels sprouts and red onion. And I thought, oh, what a great idea! Mm-hmm. You know, it's just all the colors of Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and I love roasted vegetables, and it's not you know so heavy. Mm-hmm. And so this year, I thought I would just chop a bunch of those vegetables up. Have them. I think I'm actually going to pre-roast them. Interesting. Yeah. And so you, because I, you know, those are, especially the sweet potatoes, they take a while. Well, how do you, what are you going to do? Like after they're pre-roasted, you're just going to put them in for like a couple minutes to warm up or? 
Yeah, I think I'll I'll put them into like charm and finish them. Like I'll I'm gonna put a balsamic vinaigrette over them, mm-hmm. and so that will be kind of the last. So they'll probably hopefully only need to go in for ten or fifteen minutes. But I, you know, I bet they're gonna roast entirely probably thirty five or forty minutes because sweet potatoes take some time. Yeah, I'm not a sweet potato eater, so yeah. the only time I like them are like sweet potato fries, really crispy. <laughs> So. Yeah, and that, that's why I like my roasted vegetables, too. So, But I just mm-hmm. thought that might be something fun to try. We'll see. Yeah, I'm open if any of my guests want to bring some things, but I yeah. thought that might be something or I any of, to try Or any year. of our listeners out there have some good ideas, yes. go ahead. Let us know on our Facebook group. Yes. Because we're always looking, right? Always looking. Well, that sounds great. I'm getting excited. I am, too. I'm getting excited for Thanksgiving. Yay. Okay, so now I'm ready for our fun and safe conversation starter ideas. Did you say safe? <laughs> yes. It's like a safe word. <laughs> like safe word. <laughs> right, we, this is going down. We need to re- reassess. <laughs> okay, Chrissy, so why don't you start? Okay. Give us, okay. Get, give us a launching I'll give pad you some here. good, good ideas right now. So, okay. Well, the, my first idea springs actually from... One of our craft questions during our season one, it's the Corks and Conversation number eight with Elaine Veets. Do you remember that one? <laughs> I do. I love this. <laughs> yeah. So let's just pl- first, we'll just play it for our listeners. Okay. What did you reward yourself with after you got your first paycheck for writing? Uh, I bought a teddy bear. <laughs> That is the most unexpected answer I think I can imagine. I hope it was a really big teddy bear. <laughs> Why a teddy bear? Well, I've always wanted one. <laughs> okay, that's, so, that's excellent. But, Whatever it takes to get that book written. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the other published. thing. It's a useful teddy bear okay. because I am terribly afraid of needles. Okay. And so when I have to go to the dentist or any place that requires needles, I bring my teddy bear. That is hilarious. And I'm, I'm now picturing you holding the teddy I bear. I hold my teddy bear, you know, and oh, wow. it doesn't, you know, at this age, I don't care what people right. think of me. Like, I'm yes, bringing I have a teddy my bear. teddy bear. That's, that's great. That is a perfect. Great yeah. Okay. All right. I, I mean, at least it wasn't a, like, sports car or something. You know? It's like, you, usually the first contract probably can't afford a sports car. Maybe, well, maybe with yours, they did. I don't know. When I was a newspaper reporter, I got a very good contract, and then I bought a sports oh, okay. car. <laughs> Excellent. That's even better. And the teddy bear could ride along. You know? yes. I, I, I bought a Jaguar. Oh, really? really? Yes. And nice. I spent the rest on leather. So it was all invested li- you oh, know, wisely. Gosh. Leather and a Jaguar. Leather and a Jaguar. With <laughs> and a, a teddy, teddy bear. bear. <laughs> oh, my gosh. She was great. Um, I don't know if any of you have listened to the whole episode, but you definitely should. Uh, but anyway, that's <laughs> what inspired me to give this question that I that I think is always fun to answer. And it is, okay. if you win the lottery, what would be the first thing you would buy for yourself? I mean, oh. I would say the first, since we're thinking of Elaine, you know, she kind of went out there, but I would say the first thing you buy for yourself, and then you could go to the most expensive thing. Because if you're like me, I kind of have to think about when I'm having a big purchase, I have to like really think, you know, even if, even yeah. with lottery money, but, and like, you know, <laughs> pro, pros and cons, so but, we're th- talking but immediately, like, you know, something that's yeah. like, I'm like, okay, I don't even have to think about this. What do you think? 
So you're talking big money, right? Like big lottery. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The lottery's <laughs> big. Yeah, definitely. The At least a million. Okay. At least a million could be a hundred million. I don't know. I'm saying, I, I, let's go with fifty million because that's that sounds okay. Like fifty million. million. <laughs> okay. All right. I would. Um, I would buy some time. <laughs> I would buy time. I would uh, force some vacation time for my husband and myself and hopefully our daughters and travel. That would well, be how are you going to buy would... time? Be specific. By... Well, that's your big I expensive would... thing, right? You're going to like buy somebody to take over the business for yes. a month <laughs> I would I would hire someone but like to the minute you do. find <laughs> minute you get that lottery ticket in your hand and you realize you yeah. win and before yeah. you know and then you get the money you're like what's yeah. the first thing you're gonna do or buy just for yourself could you think of something like would it be um, a lawyer <laughs> <laughs> yeah right <laughs> that's that's very practical that's very practical I know yeah. okay I'll, I'll give you something that's not practical I um. I, oh, okay. I would go get a new bed and new, all new bedding. I love oh, really, great. really good indulgent bedding. Yeah. Yes. Like really yeah. nice sheets. And you could yeah, like probably get one for, you know, every day or something, you know, like seven of them so that, you know, you don't have to worry. <laughs> <laughs> what would you like, do? What would you do? Okay. You're going to well, I know, I know you're my big answer. thing. My big thing would be okay. like, I would probably... I would probably buy a house with a yard mm. for a dog. And, you know, I mean, I'll probably end up buying a bunch of houses, but, but like. Oh, I thought you were going to say a bunch of dogs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> One for each house. Um, yeah. You know, because you don't want them traveling overseas or something. Like if I have a house in, you know, France <laughs> and. I- <laughs> so, so I would do that. And, but I guess immediately I would probably purchase something travel related, like either go to like a really expensive spa for, um, yeah. for a week, you know, and just do all the things, all the And you things. would bring your podcast partner, obviously. Yes. To yes. Do all and the I would things. bring my podcast yeah. partner. So that would be perfect. <laughs> yes. All right. So that's fun. And everybody usually has a fun thing for that. So yes. Yeah. I think that yeah. would go on for a little while and we'd all have some good laughs. Um, for so sure. Anyway, now for it's sure. your turn. You got any good ideas? Okay. So mine um, comes from our conversation with Brad Parks that we had last year. Mm-hmm. And his, his carafe question was, if you could do something dangerous just once without consequences, what would you do? Oh, yeah. And, I remember. Uh, yeah. He had a great answer, and we laughed really hard. And I want to know what you would do without consequences. All right. So what would I do? Um, well, th- that's a hard one. That is a hard one. So it could be, yeah, it could be anything that I wouldn't, because there's some things that I am terrified to do that are not yeah. at all dangerous. So I shouldn't pick that, right? Like, like you know, there's that that glass walkway that goes over the Grand Canyon. Oh yeah, no way. Like it's not dangerous, <laughs> but it would like you know. So that's terrifying. Yeah. But that's a different question altogether. So now we yeah. got to think. Yeah. Something dangerous. Um, right. I think um, something to do with speed. I think. Oh, interesting. 
Yeah. Like I would want to drive in a really fast car or boat, you know, like a speed boat. Oh, wow. I just saw um, an interview with the actors from this upcoming uh, movie. It's coming out in a few weeks here. It's Matt Damon. and Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it just came out already, didn't it? Ford versus yeah, and Ferrari or something? There you go. And they were talking about going like literally 200 miles an hour when they were preparing for this film. That would be so much fun to me, but it would be scary. I would be too scared, I think. That's dangerous. Yeah. So that would, that would that work. That is a dangerous. Maybe you, could get, yeah. maybe you could get Matt Damon to go with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would make it all the better. <laughs> I'd just hire oh, him awesome. with the money that I got for my lottery win. There you go. <laughs> it's been quite a day. You've yeah. been given this genie wish and all the money. <laughs> so what would you do? What dangerous thing would you do? You know, I thought about this, um, and I would, I am terribly fearful of heights, and Mm -hmm. I also, (laughs) let's delve deep here, I have fear of losing control, (laughs) like, and I'm I'm scared of everything from, like, roller coasters to, I just don't, like, the feeling of not being in control. Yes, I have some issues, obviously, (laughs) but I think I would, um, I would go skydiving. Oh, and I well that that's I only what's... say this because I never truly would. My husband has done this, and I, and he has expressed some interest in in repeating that experience, and um, was kind enough to <laughs> extend an invitation. And I was like, "I'm sorry, do you know me? No, but I would, <laughs> I would. That's what Good. I would do. Good. Okay, so let's listen to Brad's answer. Yes, if you could do something dangerous just once with no risk. What would you do? Oh, no. <laughs> I already write books for a living. That's dangerous enough. Thank you very much. <laughs> it is a cutthroat <laughs> world out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what would I, just once, what would I do? Uh, man, these kind of questions always stump me. So this, is, this is part of being a writer, right? You always yeah. think of the, the, the best answer anywhere from five minutes to five yeah. hours to five days after you've been asked the question. Uh, well, just off the top of your you head, is there anything that you're okay, like Okay, so but, you know what pops in my head? I'm actually I'm I'm like I'm terrified of heights, and I'm also terrified of dying. Um, but somehow to know that like <laughs> to know that I can make it through skydiving and and not oh. end up bouncing off yeah. the earth. Uh, oh. I think I would like to do that. And but otherwise, I think there's just no way. I mean, again, I'm not. I don't like roller coasters. I don't like heights, anything like that. Mm-hmm. But maybe just once to feel what free fall is like, and yeah. know that I would not die at the end of it. Yeah, yeah I'll take with a guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, a guaranteed. I, I'm with like you a, on like that. A cyber that, experience. <laughs> that would have to be the the bottom line. I'm not going to die if I do this. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Kathleen, that is so funny. You obviously didn't remember exactly what <laughs> I Brad didn't. said because. No. He chose the same thing. He, I remember yeah, we funny. we really liked the answer. I, I remember yeah. you and I thinking that was so fun. Yeah. And um, that's hilarious. Well, we get it. We got, we went into a little bit of a funny conversation around that. So that was good. So yeah. 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 Anyway, so um, okay. do you want to do some more? So, yes. Do you have some other ones? Well, yeah. You know what I really like? I like those... Um, either or type questions, you know, mm. like that. Well, I'll give an example. Cause I thought th- this first one that I found, I, I got a few here. So depending on how many you want to do, but, um, the first one I thought would be maybe it's kind of perfect for us, but it also might be a hard decision. 
Um, and it was, and it is, would you rather have amazingly fast typing texting speed or be <laughs> able to read ridiculously fast? Oh, read. <laughs> really? Oh, read for sure. And, and I say this, my, my poor children can't even bear to watch me text. Like I do the pecking thing <laughs> with one finger. I mean, they, they will literally grab the phone from me and say, uh, let me do it for you because I can't bear to watch it. And my daughter, who's at college now, she will, I'll be responding to her text and she will mm -hmm. literally write in the middle of it, write faster. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, ch I chose the writing or typing faster because I figured. Did you? Yeah, because the way I'm looking at it is I want to, I've got a lot of ideas I want to write and type and I can't type fast enough. That's awesome. You know? So, like, I, yeah. I would write a bunch of books. That's what I would do. That's and then awesome. I'd, And then I'd lay around and read really slowly the rest of the time. <laughs> <laughs> but there's so many books to read. I know. That's where I came from. I was like, oh, so much to I read. I know. That's the thing. I know. I know. <laughs> and I do read a lot. This one, I can obviously tell you what you're going to say. Well, no, I can't. But anyway, <laughs> would you rather give up all drinks except for water or give up eating anything that was cooked in an oven? Oh, okay. What's your answer? I don't need an oven, but I need wine. So, <laughs> <laughs> An oven? What's an oven? <laughs> yeah, what's an oven? Well, you know, now that I think about it, um, I, I would also pick the drinking, <laughs> the drinks, because like you say, you can cook so much on, in, right. in other ways. I can, I can but grill I, everything that I could do in the oven and I can, yeah. Right. And it's funny because, um, I said this to Connor, um, just a little while ago, our sound mm -hmm. editor and you know, his new pad that he's living in does not have an oven. Really? They have like a little tiny kitchenette thing that has like a microwave and a stove, but it doesn't have an oven. Oh. And so I was, he was, he was like laughing. He's like, I already do both of those things pretty much. He goes, <laughs> does, does, you know, flavored water count? Because he, he's not the wine drinker we are, but I was like, okay. Yeah. But That's if you funny. can live without an oven, you can live without an oven. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Do you want That's another awesome. one? Sure. Okay. Would you rather have everything in your house perfectly organized by a professional or Ooh. have a professional event company throw the best party you've ever been to in your honor? <laughs> well, I'm really hesitating, and I'm going to tell you why I'm hesitating. And again, I might need some new therapy for this. But I'm hesitating because the idea of someone coming in and organizing for me makes me really irritated. I need to do it myself. Control issues. Hello. <laughs> no, but that, see, then you choose like me because I'm saying I'd rather have a big old party. I could care less if I'm me organized. Too. <laughs> I care if I'm organized, but I want to do it. I would organize everything myself first and then have the party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's so sad. Oh, I know. Fun. Oh, that's sad. Okay. Yeah. So I've got a good question for you. It's one of my favorite okay. questions to, to talk about, at, especially at a meal. I mm -hmm. love the idea of... Asking people to tell us about their favorite meal, most memorable meal that they either enjoyed or cooked. Mm -hmm. I, there's a lot. That's the problem, you know. I can yeah. remember some things that I 
cooked in the past that I thought were really good. Yeah. Like, um, there was this chicken mole tostada recipe that was like a um, emerald recipe or something. And I just love that. It had chocolate in it and stuff. It was really good. It just sounds sounds really impressive. I know. I know. I think they also there were probably many restaurant meals that are memorable. Yeah. I mean, I like uh, there's been a lot of French restaurants that I've gone to in the United States. And I think those are always kind of my favorites because it's like, you, you you know, you're leisurely and it's just warm in there. And, mm-hmm. you know, everybody can have some escargot if they want and, <laughs> or and some red wine. <laughs> I don't know. So what about you? <laughs> I'll go with the most memorable that I've eaten. And it wasn't a restaurant. And it was just in one of my favorite places in the world. And we um, had just arrived you know, after fairly kind of challenging travel. And we got there. And it was just pizza. It was just the best pizza I've ever had. But it was oh, overlooking. Wow. Yeah, it was overlooking the Puget Sound. And it was just oh, like, nice. oh, you know, just yeah. incredible scenery and right. the most simple food. But it was so good. And I just... One of my favorite meals, maybe, would be the way to yeah. say it. And actually, I think yeah. also when I think about it, that you know, as we're talking, there's been several meals, and they've gone around holiday times. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one friend that does the Feast of the Seven Fishes. Oh, yeah. And she would have it with, uh, she put a tent in her backyard and have, like, all the neighbors over and just cook oh, up a neat. storm. I know. And another friend had us over for Thanksgiving and, you know, her husband was like, oh, we've got to eat outside like, you know, the first settlers or whatever. So he (laughs) put out tables in the front yard in the neighborhood and we'd all, you know, have this big feast outside. And so I think anytime I'm outside, I really enjoy those meals, you know. I agree. That's interesting. Overlooking the ocean, overlooking... Yeah, one time at a vineyard with my dad out in um, California overlooking the vineyards, mm. and they had a nice meal. It was the Coppola Vineyard. We'll have to go there sometime. Oh, neat. We will. Anyway, so I could go so, on now Now that you got me started. You better stop me. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> fun because, it, you know, it, it brings up memories, which I think is a great thing for um, mm-hmm. a gathering at Thanksgiving. So mm-hmm. maybe everyone can use that. And I think yes. we will um, leave everybody with Hank Philippi Ryan's response to that question. Which yes. is really, really lovely. Uh-huh. That sounds great. But before we do, we want to wish everybody happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. What's the best thing you've ever cooked? What's the best thing I've ever cooked? Yes. Oh. Oh, that's <laughs> oh, a great this. question. Uh, I am kind of a good cook. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best, you know, I spent hours and hours making um, Julia Child's French onion soup. Mm. Oh. And it takes a long time because it's just, you have to saute the onions very, very gently mm-hmm. um, because if you cook them too quickly, they don't soften properly and they get brown around the edges and then it's bad and then they taste different. So, and it's just onions and butter and I think leeks, I can't remember, and 
chicken broth. And it, it if you don't know what you're cooking when you're making onion soup, do you know how bad it smells? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> right? I mean, it, it's horrible until someone says, oh, it's onion soup. Then, mmm, delicious. Then it's, so, oh, and <laughs> it takes hours and hours. I was hours. thinking it must smell so good. Yeah. No, it does if you know it's onion soup. And then you, you cook it for hours and hours, and then you put it in separate uh, dishes, heavy ceramic dishes, and put a toasted piece of baguette on the top, mm-hmm. and then you put, cover it with Parmesan cheese and put it in the oven so the top is all bubbly and crispy with cheese, and then this baguette underneath soaks up the onion soup, and it's just, and the cheese just you know, it suffuses through the soup. It's delicious. I'm making myself starving. I know. I'm like salivating um, over here. I'm like thinking <laughs> of it. It's just, it's really, really good. With a crisp green salad and a wonderful, oh, you know, prosecco or champagne or white wine. Mm. Um, it just, it just couldn't be better. It takes a long time, so you need a lot of patience. Just like my famous risotto. Um, I'm also a good risotto maker, and that takes a lot, long time and a lot of patience too. Maybe because of writing books, I've learned that it takes a while and you have to work on it and you have to keep stirring and you have to be careful. And the littlest bit of change will alter the whole thing, right? Just like writing yep. a book. Yep. So, um, well, you, you throw a salad into that with a risotto and the, and the soup. It sounds like a delicious meal. I'm just saying. It's delicious. And they're beautiful. <laughs> you know, that's the other thing. When you make something that's, when you make something that's so pretty, Mm-hmm. Um, and it's lovely to see. I, I do think that, I mean, I don't want to push this, but writing is a lot like cooking. You have a good idea, mm-hmm. and then you put a lot of stuff together to see if it'll work, and you take a lot of time and patience with it, um, and then you get to see the gorgeous end result, and then you get to share it with someone. Mm-hmm. You know, oh. if I made onion soup for myself, it wouldn't be as much fun as if I made onion soup and got to give it to my husband and say, look what I made for you. Yeah. Look what I made for us. And then he says, you know, this is delicious or, you know, this mm-hmm. is a five-star good book. It It's the same kind of creativity and um, then love that that comes. The same thing as writing a book. So. Oh, well, I love that you have cooking questions. <laughs> Thanks to our mysterious foodies out there for listening and sharing. Check out our website, gameofbookspodcast.com, where you can find links to all we talk about. And if you subscribe to our weekly newsletter, you can get those links sent directly to you along with any exciting updates. We are also on Facebook and Twitter under at GOB Writers. And if you enjoyed this episode as much as we did... We would love to hear from you, and please subscribe to Game of Books wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of our book club ideas and quirks and conversations with award-winning and best-selling authors. That's all for today's episode of Game of Books Podcast, where we share food, wine, and mystery every Friday morning, just in time for the weekend. This is Christy and Kathy saying thanks for listening. Bye, Bye, everybody. everybody.